Hey guys, welcome to our newest episode of Untucked. Today we're going to talk about a piece from the Wall Street Journal profiling different retirees around the country with about $5 million in savings. We want to talk about the reality of that amount of money. We're also going to discuss delayed gratification. It's a little bit of a continuation from our discussion last pod on microspending and kind of creating balance um, in your lives. And then we're also going to talk about uh, a listener requested article on Tupperware, the company Tupperware. Um, And then our top five is top five white people sayings. Thanks for listening. The opinions expressed on our podcast are our own and do not reflect the opinions or views of FC Advisory, the Financial Coach Group, or the New Wealth Project. Nothing discussed in this podcast should be interpreted as investment advice. Episode 88 of Untucked. This is Megan. Uh, I'm Mike. And this is Jeff. So there are absolutely no negative side effects to cracking your knuckles. Zero. No evidence of arthritis being caused, making joints larger, weakening your grip. Nothing. Zero. And they don't even know why the pop sound happens. Like there's, it's not understood why exactly that happens. I thought it was air bubbles, like tiny yeah, air bubbles. That's one that's possible, <laughs> possible, but they're not sure. I find that hard to believe. It would seem pretty easy that in today's world, you know, scientists could figure out like what the popping sound comes from. I'm apparently not through, not through Google. <laughs> okay. Because when you Google it, like, why does this happen? What is the pop sound? All the results are, it's not, it's not understood yet, <laughs> which is crazy. I'm assuming this applies to cracking of any body part, not just. It's a great like your, question, like your man. Neck. It's a great follow-up. I have no idea. Okay, okay. So there might be some bad things if you're cracking necks or knees or ankles. Well... I would assume, I'm not a doctor, let me just clarify, <laughs> that you should probably never crack your neck. But like chiropractors yeah. crack your back and do all that stuff. So does that fall in the same, we don't know what that is? I don't know. You'd have to ask a chiropractor. Okay. But chiropractors are trained to, to crack necks. and. But also yeah. it's kind of understood that it's bad for you over the, over time. right? Chiropractic? Yeah. Yeah. Behavior? Yeah. I think so. Okay. I don't know though. No, it would have been a great follow-up. <laughs> Other good fact. follow-up. Okay. Okay. Cool. All right. I like it. Yeah. I I just like it because now I can just crack my knuckles with no worry moving forward. You had concerns. Yeah, a bit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. Where do we want to start? Phils or Sixers? Anything, I mean, did anything happen? Has anything happened with the Sixers? I mean, nothing's happened, but there's been so much drama over the last couple of days. Please, fill us in. So... Last time we potted, maybe the time before, we talked about James Harden, who basically demanded a trade to Los Angeles, the Clippers specifically. And um, Daryl Morey, Sixers GM, I guess anything that's been offered for Harden has just hasn't been good enough in his mind. So he hasn't really entertained any of the offers. 
Um, and maybe about a week ago, Daryl Morey publicly was like, Harden's going to be on the roster at, at like training camp. Like we're moving on there. He's going to be here. It's done. James Harden is in China for some basketball camp, whatever he does over there. And he's recorded calling Daryl Morey a liar and that he's never going to play for an organization that Daryl Morey is in charge of. So that happened. Wow. And then PJ Tucker, a sixer, posted on Instagram a picture of him and James Harden and a lyric to a rap song um, about how he sticks by his guy's side. And then Joel Embiid removed Philadelphia and 76ers from his Twitter bio. Oh, my God. Imploding. I love it. I love it. <laughs> oh, my God. Can yeah. we officially declare the process as not working? This is no longer process or, like, related. This is the shit show that is the organization, you know, since Daryl Morey, who oh was not processed. God. Yeah, I saw a comment that was – because as we've talked about, the Flyers have been a dumpster fire for a, a few years. Um, and it's funny. It was a comment something like, Thank God we have the Sixers now because the Flyers look perfectly yeah. normal in comparison. So I mean, I don't, crazy. I don't follow what goes on on the court, let alone off the court. But what, what was the lying accusation to do with? Like, was is there something that's well known that? No, no. Um, there's speculation that it was about prior to him requesting a trade. It was about bringing in other people that he just couldn't get. Which mm. I don't know how much of that is actually his fault. And then the more common thought right now is letting him go. Like you told, like I told you where I wanted to be and you turned down offers, even though we agreed that I was going to go and Harden played for Maury. Like Maury was the GM in Houston. So part of the reason that Harden got to Philly, a lot of people thought was because his relationship of his relationship with Daryl Maury. And now that's clearly not in a good place. Wow. Yeah. So. Okay. Mm-hmm. Going to be a little while before they're successful, huh? Yeah. Phils are 10 games <laughs> above 500, 65 and 55. Still. I, think, yeah. I feel like you, every every pod, they're, they're usually that's around they nine. Uh, they've lost three in a row. So, I mean, obviously, if they won a few of those, they wouldn't be 10 games. They'd be a little bit better. They they hold they currently hold the, the first wild card so they've been in that spot for a little while. Um, last night was a heartbreaker. I'm sure you saw it, Mike. No, no. Phil scored a run in the top of the sixth. Blue Jays scored a run in the bottom of the sixth. They were the only two runs the entire game. Bottom of the eighth. Zach Wheeler pitched a great game. Relievers come in. Sir Anthony Dominguez is in the game for the eighth. He ends up loading the bases with one out. So it's a tie game. It's 1-1. One, one. It's the bottom of the eighth. Like, he loads. His, the reliever comes in and freaking walks three guys. There's one out. Next guy up gets a hit, which Alec Bow makes an unbelievable play, gets the ball, throws it home, forced out at home. Still 1-1, one, one, two outs. Bases loaded. Next pitch, he plunks the batter. <laughs> Dude, he hits him. I love it. That's he hits good. the batter in the foot. 
Dude, game over. It's 2-1, right? They, he ends up getting getting the next guy out. They get out of that inning, down 2-1, top of the ninth. Like, Castellanos, Harper, and Schwarber. Strikeout, 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 game over. <laughs> I mean, it was terrible. It was terrible. Um, like, the word for the Phillies, it's just inconsistent. Like, they'll score 13 runs, and then they won't score a run for three games. And then they'll score eight or nine, and then... It's crazy. It's super frustrating because they show these signs where it's like, all right, man, they're back. Schwarber's back. Turner's back. Harper, where the hell did he just freaking go? He's like, he's like in a bad spot, if you were to ask me. I know you guys are concerned, but um, <laughs> I have a solution to all that. All that's because baseball's 162 games. You can't possibly bring your game 162 times. Uh, in a season or whatever they play, like whatever yeah, dude, a player they play plays. like every day. Like I, I just think that that the baseball, the quality would be so much better if it was fifty games, spaced out like two per week or something. I don't you know? know about that, man. No, it's not like they're they're like linemen that are just like beating each other up physically for three hours. And but it's mental, off. right? It's mental. Like you, the, the pitcher who walks three guys and then hits guy, that's mental. That's dude, not because he, he doesn't pitch every night. It's not because he doesn't belong in the league. He doesn't pitch every night, like. Well, Zach Wheeler just pitched like seven innings. I, I don't know. I just think they. Um, it's frustrating because they, they're clearly good, man. Their pitching's good now. This kid Lorenzen just pitched a freaking no hitter. You heard that, right, Mike? Please tell me you heard that. Did not, dude. Where have you been? So I've, at the trade deadline, they- I, I just don't. Fo- <laughs> I don't have them in my feed. I don't seek out baseball scores. So this game trade deadline, they get a pitcher. He pitches. Lorenz and he pitches his first game away. I forget where they were. He he gets a win. I think he only allowed two runs. His first game back pitching in Philly. So the second game is a Philly. He throws a no hitter, like a complete game no hitter. In the same game, they pulled up a kid from the minors to give Schwarber the night off. His first major league at bat, dude hits a home run, like. It was an awesome game. I mean, that's the pinnacle of excitement for for you in baseball. What you just described—that's a little disappointing to me. We have to start <laughs> filming these. Your reaction is just the, n- not me, Mike. Like I'm just—you're trying so hard, and Mike deadpan. Like no. there's not. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm, it's not really making me want to tune in. Phils are going to make the playoffs. And I'm hopeful that they're going to go deep in the playoffs. It's just same as last year, the wild card, and then they have to like. Last year, I think they were like the third wild yeah. card. Like they they squeaked in. Where I think they'll probably, if they can start playing normal, maintain the first. And round. like I said, I I enjoyed um, the playoffs last year. I tuned in. I was into it. I'm looking forward to doing it again. <laughs> Good. Glad you're on board. Anything on the fly, guys? No. Nah, zero. All Zilch. Right. And then we're about a month out from the birds. Oh yeah, dude! It's we're in fo- it's football season. Like, there's preseason <laughs> games. It's football season. I mean, there's no other way to like paint that. Mm-hmm. Do you Super- see Jalen Hurts signed with uh, the Jordan brand? No. Yeah. Nice. Good for him. Yeah, they showed him yesterday wearing like Jordan ones that are cleats now. Wow. Yeah, they're pretty sick. That's awesome. <laughs> All right. All right. You want to get into it? Set. 
Uh, so for Coach's Corner, we're going to talk about an article from the Wall Street Journal called Here's What a $5 Million Retirement Looks Like in America. This was shared uh, by a client of ours. Um, it's a profile of four couples or, or people, individual people in different parts of the country with roughly $5 million in retirement savings each. And it just details their income expenses and gives us a sense of their retirement lifestyles. Was there anything about any of these people specifically or the article more generally that stood out to you guys? I think the majority of people that we meet that are millionaires or multimillionaires, it's like across the board, all of them are like, I never could have imagined I would have amassed this much wealth. Yes. Like all of them say that. And then they have trouble spending that wealth because sure. they've just saved and saved and saved. Um, if you can accumulate five million bucks, and I'm thinking of like a normal suburbia lifestyle, I think you are you, you you're well set. Like I don't think you have much to worry. Assuming it's like you have a house, maybe a small condo at the beach, um, you can probably live a very very comfortable lifestyle. Assuming that your lifestyle is fairly normal. You don't have these high aspirations of like leaving each kid three million bucks or anything like that. Just taking care of you and your partner for the rest of your lives. I think five million is absolutely plenty. And you're saying that for like someone retiring today, right? Someone retiring yeah. today, right? They want to drive BMWs. They want to go to the beach. They want to travel. They want to just live an unbudgeted lifestyle. I don't see how five million can't do that for them. I don't know if I agree. I think a couple things. Five million is very different if it's in your 401k and IRA accounts and zero dollars outside of that, or if the five million is really all in after-tax money because let's say you sold a business or you just saved it. It's a very, very different number because of the tax piece of it. But also five million can, can safely roughly generate 200 grand a year in cash flow without having to worry too much about running out of money. So even if that was give all or I, take, even if that was all IRA, you net 150 at the low end. Yeah, so if you're taking like expensive vacations, driving BMWs and like in the current world, the cost of life has skyrocketed, I would worry that maybe it's not enough. I, I, it's enough for for someone who's lived a frugal life and is going to continue to do that for the most part and maybe not be called upon to help a kid or something in a big way financially. I, I, I don't, 5 million isn't what it used to be for sure. Like, and I think it's, the answer is it just depends. It just depends. I mean, I feel like 80, 90% of the people that have that, that and, and are, are the people that you and I are describing, I don't think it depends. 4% gives you 200 grand, net 150 if it's all IRA, plus probably another 30 to 50 of social security is 200 grand a year, easily. No mortgage, yeah, cars, going out to eat, travel, but you don't have to keep that 5 million until you're 90. Yeah, 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 No, you're, but you're saying no mortgage and you're saying you know, lots of previous expenses are off the books now. That's the sure. huge difference. Yeah, I mean, well, obviously, Every person, every couple, every individual's circumstance is completely different. I'm just talking about like the average retired client that we see live on about 
150 to 250 a year, depending. Mm -hmm. Most of their homes are paid off. They want to drive nice cars. They want to travel like a twenty to forty thousand dollar travel budget per year. Dude, I think like unless they wanted to leave the five million to their kids, you take your four percent and you spend it down over the next 30, 40 years. And yeah, you can live a pretty rock star lifestyle. Even if you had a mortgage. I think like I'm accounting with spending down the five million, which by the way, none of them would want to do. Right. Right. None of them would be comfortable with. Right. But in reality, you're either gonna do that or you're gonna die with five million bucks. Who the hell wants that? Yeah, and I think the purpose of this article, um, and it's probably a combination of what you're both saying, is that like because they have five million, their lifestyle has not dramatically changed than what it was to accumulate five million. So they haven't yeah. like gone, okay, now I have this amount of money. I'm gonna take the super expensive vacation. I'm gonna buy the newest, nicest cars. I'm gonna buy the second home. Right? They've maintained most of what at least based on the article that, you know, the information they shared. Most of the lifestyle decisions and choices that got them to this point. But they're also, like, I mean, some of them have pensions, right? Some of, like, there's Social Security. One of these people is still working. So there's other factors beyond the retirement that's, like, is $5 million enough for these people? Probably, right? Assuming nothing big or different than what we shared but i think it was more a look into like and you said this yesterday jeff it used to kind of be like the million bucks right it felt right. like a million bucks was a mark in which if you got there you were set you were set and we Did know that that's not the case and is five million the new bogey maybe maybe not for these people it's sufficient but again there's pieces of their plans pensions specifically that aren't going to exist yeah. for retirees beyond right. this day and age. Yeah, so. and I think that's uh, – yeah, I'm glad you brought that up because that's rare. Um, most people have to figure whatever I save plus Social Security is it. Yeah. There's no other source of income because the, the value of a pension is enormous. We see it with our yeah. clients that have it. Um, so maybe that's where I'm kind of leaning towards. It needs to be – ratcheted higher and five seems like your points right jeff like for those so for those who lived reasonably frugally their entire lives while they saved invested and accumulated the five they're likely not going to change their spending habits very dramatically because that's just who they are you don't turn you don't go from a frugal saver to a buying three vacation homes and traveling you know six months out of the year and ripping through five million bucks in no time that just doesn't happen if you bust your ass with a savings platform to accumulate five million dollars you're not going to have any idea how to spend yeah. five million dollars yeah, yeah i agree yeah i mean it's just because when you think about like i think about my personal life and what we make and then where it all goes and i'm like oh my god well, what's going to have what's going to happen when i don't really care to accumulate non-ira money I don't have to put money in a 401k. I don't have to fund 529 plans. I don't have to pay for life insurance. Like, there's a lot of categories of savings that happen, and you get accustomed to like, okay, well, I make 150, but you really, you really don't. You're putting 20 in a 401k. You're sending kids to college. Like, when that all gets behind you, <clears throat> 150 goes a lot further when you're retired. Yeah, that's that's a good point. Um, most definitely. I, I mean, I thought it was interesting, but, you know, the different 
parts of the country, like the couple living in Bozeman, Montana, or yeah. the couple, which is, I know it's Montana, but it's a very popular kind of, I'll say, touristy destination. So cost of living there is going to be more expensive. Irvine, California, the cost of living there is going to be more expensive. But then you have a couple in Cary, North Carolina, who spend right. 130 grand a year, right. right? Like there's influences beyond even just our intentional spending or savings habits that impact this too, right? A lot of our clients who live and work in the kind of Philadelphia or surrounding areas, you know, who decide to move, typically move to lower cost of yeah. living areas. Um, not every, not all of them, but but most of them. And that changes things. Obviously there's health, like there's a lot of variables that aren't detailed in this, in these profiles, but it, it was interesting. I think if someone's looking for like a, you know, do I fit this mold or am I yeah. similar to this person? It maybe gives them like a persona to attach to. That cost of living thing really hits home when you're watching like HGTV and you're like, Johnny and Sally are buying a house in Danbury, North Carolina. And they put it on the screen. You're like, oh my God, it's like a $5 million mansion. Like it's $132,000. <laughs> <laughs> what? Yeah. <laughs> Good. Yeah. It's kind of a segue in a way to the next one. I yeah. Think. Last week or last pod, we talked about kind of uh, we talked about micro spending and the benefits of small and intentional purposes, excuse me, purchases. And during that discussion, Mike brought up delayed gratification and the value in waiting or saving for things. So we want to spend some time discussing that today, which, as you just said, Mike, segues from our last conversation a bit. Yeah, yeah. I think back to what we were just talking about, like for for somebody who's just a I'll say your average Joe and Jane or whatever they're, you know, to, to get to the point to save 5 million bucks and assuming it's your typical, you know, middle class ish, upper middle class kind of, kind of, um, person or family, you likely had to put off some things or not spend on things, um, as an alternative, you saved it and invested it. Right. So that was delaying gratification so that you could be the person who has five million dollars and your lifestyle is easily going to be funded by that um as opposed to somebody who's <laughs> gonna gonna retire with a million because they were pretty aggressive about taking lots of vacations and maybe driving nicer cars than they should have or, or otherwise could have um so what's the what's the, what's your thoughts on that because we talk about balance a lot here right i mean with, when you're 35 <clears throat> Isn't it better? Isn't it more fun to like drive a nice car at thirty five than when you're like seventy? Like, I don't know. I, I don't know how I feel about delayed gratification. Mm -hmm. I really don't because you obviously shouldn't spend money you don't have. That doesn't make any sense. But I think instead of aggressively, aggressively saving for this retirement and not enjoying life. It's stupid. It's just stupid. I mean, how many people don't make it to 65? Yeah, I agree. I, I, I think I agree with what you're saying because, like, if you teach yourself to, over decades, to never spend on anything, you're not going to all of a sudden be a – you're, you're going to be frugal till you die, and you're going to die with millions and millions of dollars. We, we, we've seen them here in our offices. Um, and I've seen people do the reverse – live 
nice lifestyles, maybe sure. a little bit above their means, retire, not have a lot of money. When I say not a lot, I mean like a million dollars. And be able to kind of, look, we can't go out to eat every night. Right. It's a, it's a finite amount of money. I'm not going back to work. I've seen people yeah, yeah. be able to do that. Plus, as they get older, just don't have the ability to do to do as much. That's a really good point, too, because everyone does recognize that you know, no one thinks that, okay, if I live to be 85 years old, I'm going to be ro- you know, roaming around the world and right. aggressively travel. Like, this is not realistic. So there is that element where do it while you can and while you can enjoy it, while you're physically able to. So it's all that balance that is important to – it's just not black and white. Um, think if you can figure it out and delay gratification somewhat or enough, but not – not 100%, not not all the way. I yeah. think that's the, the the formula that works, but it's not easy. Look, if you're saving and you're doing all the right I'm sorry. No, no You're doing all the right things, you're contributing to a 401k, you're you're making a Roth contribution, like you're doing all that. You're doing a lot of good stuff. Spend some money. Like enjoy some of it. I mean, I just I I think if you're doing good things, you you, you have good habits, you have to take advantage of the youth that you have and the health that you have because you just don't know how much longer it's going to last. So I think you should find that balance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think like, you know, societally we've always viewed it like well, 65, I, then I can do it. It's like, why? I mean, why do we have this arbitrary point in time in which, oh, I can leave my 9 to 5 job where I take two weeks of vacation with my family a year and then I get to do stuff I want or and then I get to take the trip or help the kids or, you know, buy the second home. I mean, I, be- I, I think there's, there's probably smaller anecdotes around delayed gratification that are beneficial for us, right? Like, you know, uh, overnight shipping versus not, like things that are like very, right, right. On, on the grand scheme of things, maybe trivial, but probably have more benefit that I don't, I don't know enough about, but in this conversation, like I just feel like we've created a timeline that doesn't make sense to me. And and maybe part of it is because I'm living in a time when work can be more flexible or I'm, I'm in a place where work can be more flexible and I can myself create those balances better. But I would argue that that's what we should strive for. Like you're saying, Jeff, responsibly saving and investing otherwise, but not so much so that by the time we get to 65, like now we have the green light. Right. Like that's not fun, fair, or realistic. Because, I mean, you're right. Life can be too short for some people. And um, it feels like we're painted into like we're painted into this corner, but but why? Yeah, and it's it's so funny. Sixty five is still thrown around as this magic number, and I feel feel like it's just a relic of you know you worked for forty years, uh, and then at sixty five you retire from General Motors and get the gold watch, and then mm-hmm. you play golf or whatever you do. Um, and that's just irrelevant, really, because if you still want to work, need to work, uh, physically, mentally, can work. Um, all those factors are way more important than some arbitrary age. Yeah. Um, for some people, that age might be fifty-two, or it might be right. seventy-eight, and to sixty. We talk the sixty-five thing is still that it's still like this line in the sand mm-hmm. um, in our culture is just kind of funny. It's health insurance, man. Well, there's that. It's obviously, like nine but times but out of yeah, ten, it's yeah. 
Like the woman we met with yesterday. Yeah. She's like 62. I'm going to work like another three months. Like why? It's because I want to retire at 65. But like why? Is it health insurance? Yeah, health insurance. Like you know you can <laughs> retire at 64 and buy health insurance. Right. Yeah. Now I know it's not as cheap as Medicare, but like you can do that. Right. But even for people, I mean, I've spoken with 35 and 40-year-olds. And I'm not saying that they don't know that you get Medicare at 65. But even for people who are younger and, and like, that still feels like, oh, I don't want to work till I'm 65. Like, one of my goals is to be able to retire at 55, right? So for for people, it's still a point in time in which they feel like it's, I don't know if it's acceptable is even the right word or, or um typically happens, whatever it may be. But I guess I don't believe that any sort of gratification should be delayed to that point as long as there's responsible... It's not blowing up the Yeah, the, the there's future. responsible yeah. spending, savings, yeah. habits that occur over, you know, your working lives. What is your, When I hear the term delayed gratification, I always think about like, Oh, the new Apple Watch is coming out. Like, yeah. you really want it. Like, don't buy it yet. Wait two weeks and then see if you still want it. <laughs> I've never, very rarely, felt differently waiting two weeks or three weeks. I'm trying to think if there's... Yeah, I mean, technology wouldn't be one for me. But I mean, like, if you were like, I I'm really trying... want a new car. Yeah. Or I re... Like, okay, well, just rest on that for two weeks. Um, and then let's see if you still have that urge. I don't consider myself an impulsive per person. So I don't feel like those, and, and again, there's probably instances where I have been and I'm not thinking of them. Adele's playing in Vegas. Ooh, I want to buy those tickets. Let me wait two weeks to see if I really still want to go see her in Vegas. Yeah, but like what's going to change about my love for Adele in two weeks? <laughs> exactly. <Nothing. laughs> I haven't found that strategy very effective. Like you still find that like you're Yeah, I still want the thing, thing I want. Yeah. And waiting a month like didn't make me want it less. So you mentioned the car thing. When my car, which was, you know, not great, the first one I had, um, was on its last leg or I'd maybe had like an inspection that cost X or whatever. I remember saying to you, Jeff, like, I need to, I, I got to pull the trigger. Like, I just got to get a new car. And you were like, the thousand bucks you're going to pay for inspection is like two months of car payments for sure. a new car. Sure. Like. Why not just wait? And that, I was like, oh, that makes sense. Now, like, I think three months later, it stopped working. So <laughs> I didn't benefit from it for too long. But I think that framing of it was a little bit helpful. Like, it wasn't as much the, I guess it was a little bit of gratification. Like, of course, I wanted a new car. Uh, did you? No. You're like the, you're like the, the lowest car person, I think. But I maybe I needed a new car. Or I, I, you need, what? like, you maybe needed one. But when you, dude, this, this, this scenario for cars like, everyone justifies it. I'm not paying $1,500 to get my car fixed. I'm going to get a new car. Yeah, well, a new car is going to cost you $600 a month. Yeah. Like, yeah. if you can fix your car and get six more months out of it, right? it's more financially advantageous for you to do that. Yes. None of us want to justify that. <laughs> no, I, I don't even and think I thought of that. For you, like, you're not a car person. Yeah. So I thought that would resonate. It did. Yeah, yeah, which it did, maybe, clearly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anything more on that? I think we're good. I don't think so. Yeah. So now we're going to talk about Tupperware. I love Tupperware. <laughs> hey, it's a reader's suggestion. Yes. This was a, a reader's a listener's listener suggestion. I know. Sorry. I said yeah. that. I did a that caller. Too. 
A yeah. listener suggested <laughs> article. Um, this is called Tupperware May Not Go Out of Business After All from CNN. question was basically like, why do companies just survive when they're going to zero? Like what, yeah. what, what makes them do that? Um, so I guess Tupperware is effectively pretty much going to zero because apparently there's some competitors out there for Tupperware and Tupperware just makes Tupperware and uh, it's not going so well. Um, <laughs> We can talk about Tupperware, but I think it, it, just one second on the business side of things. There's a lot of companies that like, what are you supposed to do, right? Are they supposed to start making bicycles? Like, you just ride it out to zero at that point. Like, Bed Bath and Beyond has gone the same route because they just got competed out of existence, mm-hmm. and Tupperware apparently as well. And I think the the world has changed too. Tupperware used to have like a monopoly on the stuff. It was sold by multi-level marketers and stuff like that and there was tupperware parties and that doesn't happen anymore so i mean right it's just um, like you're you're if you're managing the company you can talk about like how do we pivot to like another well what are you gonna do just just ride it out and then because no one's buying you because they're gonna look at the prospects for future tupperware sales is yeah we're not interested so there's, there's no choice in a lot of those situations. I feel like, and that's just natural. Like some products go into like, you know, out of, exi- out of relevance. Um, and that is what it is. How did Kleenex hang on? Like Kleenex is just make- a brand uh, that's part of a yeah. massive, uh, right. like who, who makes Kleenex? Like Not Procter and Gamble or someone like that. Yeah. So it's just a, you know. There's other people created too. It's like Post-it notes are, it's not a company. That's 3M's, like one of 3M's, like right. 5 million products. Right. Right. So 3M has 5 million products. Yeah. Procter & Gamble has 10 million gotcha. products. Tupperware has Tupperware. Tupperware. That's it. Yes. And like, I'm sure they've expanded their Tupperware line over time. Yeah. I mean, did, but uh, like, do you have a Tupperware t-shirt? I mean, no. <laughs> Why didn't they think to like move into like storage and organization? Like the container store, like the like, because dude, as soon as the container store came out, <laughs> the guys or gals that ran Tupperware were like, "Fuck!" <laughs> they were like, we, "We're going to zero, boys." <laughs> Johnson, why didn't you think of that? Like the uh, container like, store, it's like genius. Like it's the plastic stuff that holds like utensils. They have like little boxes you store stuff in. Like that's where they should have went. Yeah, and it felt like they were probably late to the because of their maybe early ways that you could acquire them like they were late to the targets the walmarts probably late to the amazons so like not only are they a singular product getting them out wasn't um it what they weren't as accessible maybe as like yeah reynolds cling wrap who also happened to make plastic containers which were held in target and maybe tupperware just forgot to <laughs> patent the the actual container and right. that target like made their own brand like Do their own they, generic brand or something i don't know the story but i will <laughs> i will guarantee you the people that ran that company got comfortable they got cocky they were like we got a great product and like they never sat around and said okay what landmines are out there that we should be thinking ahead of and overcoming they never did that yeah. and then johnson came up with the idea of um Hey, we'll put this little tab in the corner, and everyone said that's a great idea. Genius, Jensen. that's gonna You're get us another promotion. ten years of runway. Jeez, and crack. There's a. Um, it, it is interesting though because we refer to all. I refer to all Tupperware as Tupperware, Tupperware. regardless of the brand. But um, there's a podcast I listen to with two comedians. It's called Hey Babe, and 
one of the hosts was telling a story and referred to Tupperware as Tubberware. Oof. Like said it that way a couple of times. And the other host was like, what are you saying? He was like, Tupperware. He's like, no, no, no. How, spell it for me. This man is 37 years old and is referring to Tupperware as Tubberware wow. his entire life. Wow, that's pretty bad. <laughs> Do we even want to get into like how everyone stores their Tupperware? Well, I'm annoyed by Tupperware because there's 65 different shapes and the lids are you can't even it would, it would take you a full day to Dude, organize it all. I, I, I can solve I can I can breathe life right back into Tupperware right, right now. I bet it's already around. Dude, just create like an organizational thing that holds all your Tupperware. They have them. Where? I don't know. Because I open up my cabinet doors. Yeah, and just not at the Master Yes. yes. <laughs> not at my house. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but they have they have like lazy Susans where you can put like all of the lids, all of the the small containers, all of the medium sized containers, all of the big containers. Can you send me they a link them. to that? Yeah, dude? I need it. I need it like tomorrow. Yeah. So everyone's Tupperware. Drawer I'm not is a delaying cluster. my gratification. <laughs> I'm ordering the organizational yeah. kit tomorrow. <laughs> all right. Let's do the top. I'm super excited. <laughs> so our top five this week is top five. White people sayings. I really don't Jeff. want anyone to take my number one. All right, Je- so Jeff, you should go first. All right, my number five is for crying out loud. <laughs> <laughs> like, for crying out loud, Jeff, stop it. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, hold your horses mm-hmm. oh, is my number four. Oh, hold, hold your horses. Mm-hmm. Somebody tells you something that's like you just can't believe. Get out of town. <laughs> uh-huh. My personal favorite. Jesus, Mary, and Joseph. <laughs> and then my number one, make America great again. <laughs> I was praying that was on either one of your lists. It's not. It's no, not. it's not on mine. Although a few of your others were on mine, but I have a long list. So. Uh, do you want to go? Sure. Um, so there's a whole category, Jeff, you had a couple of them. So there's a whole category of replacement sayings to not be blasphemous, right? Mm. Okay. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. you, you said for crying out loud. So it's the same, like it's, instead of saying, you know, ah, for you know, Christ's sake. Okay. Uh, right. Uh, and then instead of saying Jesus Christ, there's a whole thing like yep. Jiminy crickets and, you know, <laughs> cheese and crackers and all that stuff. Even the holy cow is... In lieu of saying holy shit, holy shit. Yeah. because you know, so that there's a category you of all those. Sure none of those are on Meg's list. No, sorry, sorry, sorry. Off. All right, I'm no, gonna, I'm they're not. Go. They're not. Um, one of mine on here is son of a gun. Ah, oh, you <laughs> son of a gun. There's no way a, a, a non-white person ever said that. Um, I've got. Let's put a pin in that. <laughs> um, I've got. That's a hoot. Wow. Or it's a hoot. I have that one. Have you that really? One. What a hoot. What yeah. a hoot. <laughs> and um, God, I got so many on my list. This this top five was by far the easiest to do. There's just yeah. uh, there's hundreds. Um, <laughs> I guess I'm going to go with, uh, that's a bunch of malarkey. <laughs> <laughs> and then, um, did I say this one or not? There's lots to unpack, unpack here. Oh, no, that's a good one. Oh, no, that's, that's a really good one. Good one. Yeah, I really don't like that one. Yeah. I feel like you've so. said that before. And anytime you can add that. I've like, never <laughs> said that. No, I mean, said it in top oh. fives of things we hate. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. Fantastic. Yeah, yeah. All right. okay, so I had what a hoot. Um, 
you're right. A lot of categories. I have just OGs. Like if OGs, uh, yeah. yeah. you said OGs. I thought you meant like original gangster. I no, OGs. Gotcha. Whoopsie. <laughs> whoopsie Daisy or just Whoopsie? I mean, I, you can add the Daisy. I think Whoopsie uh, in and of itself is is white enough. Daisy okay. makes it super white. Whiter. Um, <laughs> when when somebody puts down like a a thing of chips and they're like, "Get these away from me." <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then let's rock and roll. Let's yeah, I had that roll. on my backup. That's yeah. great. Yeah. That is fantastic. <laughs> great category, man. Yeah. Good, good yeah, find. Good one. Yeah. All right. Thanks, Thanks for listening. Right. Yep. See ya. Next time.